There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to the Lizelle Wellbeing Show. I'm Lizelle and I'm very privileged here to be speaking with some of the leading experts and greatest brains from the world of well-being to bring you wellness wisdom you can trust. Now, in today's episode, we are talking about something we all do 25,000 times a day. No, I'm not talking about checking Instagram, my guilty pleasure. No, I'm talking about breathing. And here I am joined by journalist and author James Nestor, who argues in his new book, Breathe, The New Science of a Lost Art, that we humans have lost the ability to breathe correctly. And this is having grave consequences on our health, especially as we face increasing strain on our immune and respiratory systems. The good news is that simple changes to the way we inhale and exhale can rejuvenate our internal organs, soothe anxiety, alleviate autoimmune disease, halt snoring, help allergies, even asthma. Well, James had some truly fascinating insights to share, including taping the mouth shut at night and more humming. I would so love to hear your thoughts on Instagram after the show. So are you sitting comfortably? Well, let's go. So James, thank you so much for tuning in all the way across the pond. You're a long way from us, but modern technology, when it works, is, is good. Well, thanks a lot for having me. You're so welcome. Where did your fascination with breath begin? It seems such an obvious thing, and yet nobody has really cornered the breath market like you. <laughs> I think it, it started in, in two places, actually. Um, one was the first jumping off point was about maybe 11 years ago, maybe even 12 years ago, where I was having a bunch of respiratory problems. Right. And my doctor suggested I check out a breathing class. So I was eating right. I was sleeping right. I was exercising a bunch, but I was still having uh, constant bouts of mild pneumonia, bronchitis, other issues. I couldn't understand it. So I went to this breathing class. There's a ton of these things here in San Francisco. So I picked one and uh, walked into this, this strange room and sat down and crossed my legs and started breathing in this soft, rhythmic pattern. 
and I just started sweating like a sweat unlike anything I've ever experienced. So I went back to my doctor and I said, what had happened? You're a doctor. You should know this. And, you know, she said things like, oh, the room was too hot. You were wearing too many clothes. You had a fever. You should go home now. You know, you must be feeling so ill. And, and I wasn't, of course. She had absolutely no explanation. But I kept hearing stories about people who had had similar experiences and about people who were able to focus their breath, to heat their bodies up in wintertime, to melt circles in the snow for hours at a time just by breathing to help um, them overcome chronic conditions. Uh, one guy was injected with E. coli in a lab and breathed in this certain way to fight off the endotoxin. So there are enough very strange stories done in clinical settings that I knew this was real and I knew that there was a deeper story in it. So I set out to the field. Gosh, and of course, never more relevant than now when we're facing a pandemic that affects our respiratory system. Yeah, and this is one of the, the very bizarre things. I had worked on this book, researched it, wrote it over the course of about four years. And I talked to experts at Stanford, at Harvard, at some of the best institutions in the world. And they were a bit frustrated that no one was really paying too much attention to breathing. We're paying all this attention to the symptoms of poor breathing, hypertension, headaches, metabolic problems, neurological issues, but we're not looking at the core problem, which is that people, so many people are breathing incorrectly or inadequately. So they had been frustrated because they'd been working in this field for decades. And now there is a whole new awareness. And it's absolutely surreal that after all the work they've done, after some of the work that I've done, this book happened to come out completely randomly right in the midst of a pandemic where people start considering that breath may be important to their health. <laughs> Who would have guessed? I mean, it is, it's such a fundamental, isn't it? And it's great to be able to talk about it because, of course, it's a free resource that we all have. And, you know, sitting here talking to you, I'm just aware that my breath is probably quite shallow. You know, I, when people say when you have a problem, they say, right, take a deep breath. Let's just pause a moment and carry on. And of course, you know, when you do that, you do automatically, your shoulders go down and you, you start to feel better. Is it that we are simply breathing in too shallow a way? Is our breathing just too light? It's a number of things. That's certainly one of them. But a lot of it ties to our anatomy, to what's happened in our evolution. So we become a species that is habitually breathing improperly or inadequately because our mouths have gotten so small. They're so small for our faces. If you have a small mouth, you have a smaller airway, which is one of the main reasons so many of us suffer from sleep apnea and other respiratory issues. So a lot of people think it's, how does this make any sense? Evolution means progress. Evolution means survival of the fittest. It does not. Evolution means change. And we've been changing in ways that are not advantageous to our health at all. You just look at the rampant problems with crooked teeth. So 90% of the population has crooked teeth. There's no advantage to having crooked teeth. The reason we have crooked teeth is because our mouths are so small. So you, you see, when you start seeing these connections between what our modern environment has done to our bodies, there's no advantage to having 10% of the population have asthma, 10% of the population have diabetes. You know, me, I have a sore back all the time because I'm sitting in a chair. There's no advantage to that. So I think once we acknowledge the problems, 
we can go and fix them, which is exactly what I tried to show in the book. We have to say, okay, we're breathing improperly. Here's why it's anatomical, it's environmental, some of it's psychological. But once we recognize that, then let's go into the field and find people who have found ways to ameliorate those problems and really improve health. So fascinating. I'd never, it never struck me that animals, other mammals, have much bigger mouths, but they do. I mean, I'm fortunate. I spend quite a bit of time in Kenya and go on safari with binoculars and they're looking at the animals. And I'm always struck by just how huge their jaws are, you know, when a lion is, you know, roaring or even just yawning, you know, or a hippo, you know, like half their head is open. And you're so right. Oh, just, we've got these neat little mouths in front of us. Yeah, and you look at, check out the teeth of animals in the wild too. What you're going to see is perfectly straight teeth. 5,400 different mammals. Guess what? They all have straight teeth. Guess what? All of our ancestors, about anything back from about 400 years on back, perfectly straight teeth. You can see this in the skeletal record. The earliest human jaw that, that I saw, 300,000 years old, perfectly straight, no wisdom teeth extracted. So it's only in the past few hundred years that our mouths have grown so small. And with that comes uh, much more difficulty in breathing because we have a smaller congested airway. So is the idea then that we are having to loosen our jaw? I mean, how, how sh in a nutshell, how should we be breathing it went through our small little mouths? Or should we not? Should we just be breathing through our noses? We should be breathing through our noses the whole time. But it's so difficult for so many of us because of environmental problems. If you live in a city, you've got pollens, you've got pollution, other allergens that make it harder. So, so many of us are so chronically stuffed up, something like 25 to 50% of the modern population habitually breathes through its mouth. And it's so widespread that we just figure this is normal. Go to a gym, if gyms were open now, but go watch someone jogging or working out. <sighs> There's nothing normal about this and it's causing so much undue wear and tear on our bodies. So that is really the first key. You have to figure out a way of breathing through your nose. No matter what, you're in the gym, you're running a marathon, you are breathing through your nose at all times, yeah? Absolutely. And I know that this is going to seem impossible to so many people, especially people with chronic uh, rhinitis, chronic sinusitis, people have deviated septums. But let me show you some. I just got this yesterday, so I'm very excited to show it here. Um, so this is a deli slicer view of the human head. So if we cut your head in half, it would look just like this. Mine would too. If, watching, some people will be listening. Yeah. Okay, so it's just like an anatomical selection. So you've just sliced the head, the front of the Yes, I, I will. So if you were to cut your head in half, you would see this in the front of our heads. You would see this enormous space for the sinuses. So that space takes up about the volume of a billiard ball. If you were to take a billiard ball and just shove it in the middle of your head, that's what the sinuses take up. So this stuff isn't here randomly. Air has to enter in here and it enters this maze of all these different bony structures and different pathways. So along that maze, it is filtered, it is humidified, it is conditioned so that by the time it enters our lungs, our lungs can extract this oxygen so much more efficiently. Now, if you consider the mouth, guess what's there? Zero. Air goes in, goes down the throat. Yeah. So if you think about breathing through the mouth, you might as well have 
your lungs just as an exposed organ, exposed to everything in the environment. There's no filtration that's happening when we're breathing like this. And after a while, especially in cities, you're gonna start to suffer from respiratory problems, which is exactly what we're seeing. It's absolutely rampant right now in our society. And people just think that this is genetic, that, oh, I have bad, my mom had asthma, I have bad. It's not. So much of it has to do with habits and oral posture. Oral posture. Talk us through that because we know we're told to sit up straight and do our Pilates, but I mean, I've never heard the expression oral posture. Yeah. Isn't it sad that, you know, since ever since I was growing up, you know, shut my mouth, sit up straight. This is, that's what my mom used to tell me all the time, but, but moms were right. And let me tell you, because when we close our mouths, so right now, if you, if you open up your mouth just slightly, you're going to feel your tongue rocking back into your throat. Your airway is going to get smaller that way. When you close your mouth, you're going to feel the tongue rocking up to the upper palate. So to have your teeth lightly touching, to have your tongue on the top of your palate, this is the natural position that we should always hold our, our tongues. And that should always be in our mouths because that opens up the airway. So if you go around in public and see people now, so many people have this posture, right? And uh, especially their, their necks are craned out in front of them. And even if you see these big muscle men, these big weightlifters, they're always like this because this is the only way they can breathe because they have so many problems with their airways. Imagine CPR. This is something Dr. Mike New was telling me. Um, he's a British uh, dentist, but... Imagine CPR, the first thing someone does is they put their hand behind your neck and crane your, your throat open. So many of us are in this permanent CPR position right now just to open our airways. So it really starts with, with awareness of breathing and correct oral posture, not to sit around with an open mouth like this, especially when you're young because your face will actually grow that way, it will change how you look later on in life. And that's sagging. We don't want to do that. That's bringing everything downwards. So if that's not incentive enough, I don't know what is. So, <laughs> going, so for example, I can imagine during the day, we have a bit of cognitive control over how we sit and, and how you know, we can physically, consciously decide how we're going to breathe. What happens when we sleep? Because a lot of people will be breathing through their mouths, surely when they're sleeping. Yeah, and that's a really good point. Um, we can adopt these, these conscious habits and it may take a while for some people who have had decades of breathing through their mouth. And you don't have to breathe through your mouth like this with your jaw craned open. You see a lot of people where it's, it's barely open. Just a little gap. And that's there. But you don't want that. Okay. You want your mouth shut. Right. So a third of our life we spend sleeping. And if we're breathing through our mouth the whole time, that's a big problem. And we know that mouth breathing compared to nasal breathing will uh, make you much more apt to, to have snoring and sleep apnea. I did a study at Stanford uh, in which I spent 10 days with silicone plugs up my nose. So I was only breathing through my mouth, me and another subject. And the, the point of this wasn't to do some you know, crazy stunt. It was to lull ourselves in the position of 25 to 50% of the population, but to measure what happens. I went from not snoring immediately snoring. Within three or four days, I was snoring four hours throughout the night. I got sleep apnea. The other subject had the exact same thing, but so much worse. The day we shut our mouths, 
and we used a little piece of tape to crane our mouths shut so that we're breathing through our noses. All snoring, all sleep apnea went away. And I've heard this from dozens and dozens and dozens of people. And it seems too good, too impossible to be true. But if you look at the physiology of the throat, on your back, mouth open. Yeah. <laughs> gonna make, yeah. <laughs> but you're looking, you're talking 50% of Americans are doing that. I don't know how many Britons, prob probably a lot, you know. Um, and of course, that's presumably interfering with quality of sleep because you know, having that impact on the body, we're not going to be as rested. Absolutely it is. And a lot of people think that snoring is cute. They see an infant snoring, it's cute. Oh, my wife snores, my husband snores, I have to sleep on the couch, ha ha. This is so injurious to the body. And there's been 50 years of research at Stanford showing just what happens to it. A lot of people know that sleep apnea, which is different than snoring, sleep apnea is when you stop breathing because you're choking so violently on yourself. Tongue falls back. <laughs> so about a quarter percent of the population has this. And when we are struggling to breathe for a third of our life, we're putting ourselves in a stress state. Okay. So we're spiking adrenaline, blood sugar goes up, adrenaline goes up, you know, cortisol goes up. So by having yourself in this chronically stressed state, your body is going to completely break down. So they've, they've shown that diabetes is directly tied to sleep apnea, but not only that, but any resistance in the airway. So a lot of people know severe sleep apnea, severe snoring. We know it's bad news, but few people know that you don't even need to have medically diagnosed sleep apnea or, or snoring to be suffering from these problems. Any resistance, if you hear yourself breathing at night, if you're struggling to breathe, it's a problem and you really need to fix it. That's really interesting. Can we snore if we only breathe through our noses? You can, but it's a lot harder. Okay, so because when, when we're, breathe, we're breathing through our noses, we're pressurizing air. You can try it right now. It's a negative pressure going in, positive pressure going out. So what happens when we do that is we naturally push those soft tissues at the back of our mouths outwards okay we help to tone them breathing will actually help to tone this airway so this airway is a big muscle tube right it responds to to fitness a lot of our muscle tubes here in our throats are very flabby just like other parts of our body but we can work out this area and show huge improvement they've found that there's a study i think it was released in chest which is a very well-known uh well uh, uh recognized journal and they showed that just doing these exercises with your tongue, I'm not going to do them now, they, they look very weird, but <laughs> sucking the tongue to the top of your mouth, moving your tongue out, just exercising like any other muscle has this huge impact on snoring and sleep apnea because you're making your mouth and the airway fit. You're toning it to allow it to breathe better. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. 
Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is really fascinating. And I'm going to come back to something that you said, which is taping your mouth closed. How, I mean, are you really physically getting a piece of tape and just kind of running it from your upper lip to your chin? So this was something that sounded completely sketchy to me. Um, you know, as a, as a science journalist, I, first thing I did, I went on YouTube and saw these people with nine pieces of tape, the whole tape goatee. I said, this is completely idiotic until I talked to the doctor of speech language pathology at Stanford. And she said, I prescribe tape to all my patients and I use it myself. Until I talked to a dentist in Silicon Valley who's was, been in the trade for 30 years, said, I prescribe it to kids with ADHD. I prescribe it to patients. He said the number one cause of cavities in periodontal disease isn't sugar, it's mouth breathing. When we breathe through the mouth, we shift the pH, we make it more acidic, and that allows cavities to take root. So we know that ADHD is directly tied to sleep quality, to, to snoring, but to mostly to sleep apnea. Yes. And when kids stop snoring, stop having sleep apnea, so many studies have shown this, their ADHD goes away. That's really, really interesting. So listening for your child snoring could be a really good diagnostic tool here. What about things like night grinding? Does that come into it? So bruxism is, a, is an unconscious reaction to stress where a lot of people yeah. grind away. But I think that um, I just want, I'll show you this little sleep tape thing okay. because don't go on YouTube, people. You're going to see a bunch of crazy quackery there. This is how I learned to do it. It isn't about having a hostage situation where you have duct tape, you know, we, we don't want that. You want a little piece of tape about the size of a postage stamp. Yep. This is hypoallergenic tape, very mild adhesive, has a bunch of little holes in it. So it breathes. Yep. I take my thumbs and I do this. You're just paddling it a bit. And this is sleep tape. The point isn't to block off air from the sides. It's fine if I can still talk. If I can cough, <clears throat> that's fine. You're just training the mouth to be shut. You take it off with your tongue. And at any time in the night, 
that you get anxious or paranoid. It just comes off. So you don't want to inhibit that, especially at the beginning, because this is very weird. The first first week or so, a lot of people give up. Approach my children with a small piece of tape. I mean, they're going to think you just want to be to be quiet. You know, I, I will let you I'll let you handle that with your children the way that that you you choose to. I'm not sure of the 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 exact particular best way of. Uh, maybe there's a, you know, a, a treat at the end of doing that at night. Um, I don't know what, how you could possibly bribe them, but, uh, Patrick McEwen, who's an Irish breathing therapist developed this stuff. It looks crazy, but, uh, and I wish I had one here. I don't, um, it just goes around the mouth. It doesn't go on the lips and it just, and they can talk, they can talk, they can breathe, but when they go to sleep, it just very gently closes the lips shut. And it's called Myotape. And he's had really great success with this. You can try that if you want. But Dr. Mark Berheny and, and at Stanford, they just use a teeny piece of tape. You can even have a, a piece of tape that's half the size of a stamp. Yeah, literally half the size of a tiny stamp. And is the idea then that you wake up with the tape still in place? Would that be a successful result? That would be a successful result. And you know, the first few days is going to be very weird, especially if, you've, if you're like me, you're middle-aged and you spent decades yeah. breathing through your mouth. I thought it was normal to go to sleep with 30 ounces of water by the bed, wake up every couple hours with a dry mouth, drink some water, go back to sleep. There's nothing normal about that. We need to be sleeping with our mouths closed. And this is a very helpful and free hack that people can use. Fantastic. Does it matter what our position is? Should we be sleeping on our back, our side, our front? That's more a matter of personal preference. We know that snoring and sleep apnea is going to be more prevalent if you're sleeping on your back just because of gravity. You think about it. Already you're struggling to breathe. You include gravity in on that. If you're breathing through the mouth, that's what's going to happen. Um, a lot of people find side sleeping uh, difficult, but I've talked to various researchers who strongly suggest people with sleep apnea. They have this whole regimen for how to do this. It starts with sleep tape. You can lift the back of the bed about six inches. Just put books back there, bricks or whatever. And if you think of how gravity works, that's just putting the head up a little bit so the soft tissues aren't falling your tongue's not falling back as much. Right. And if you really want to go for it, you can get a t-shirt and tape a sock to the back of that t-shirt. Wear that t-shirt at night to train you away from sleeping on your back. Exactly. And that's what some people do. That's so fascinating. What about if you have to wear a bite guard for grinding or a retainer? Is that going to affect the the breathing i mean maybe would that make you more likely to breathe through your mouth or less likely i wonder well a lot of a lot of bite guards right now guess what they do you put them on and they go they force your jaw forward to open your airway that's what a lot of people who have sleep apnea and snore so this is just a hack we're just putting ourselves into a position that our ancestors already had their jaws were already forward and we're just using bite guards to do that from various researchers that I've talked to, this uh, problem with bruxism, which is caused by stress, you're stressed and you're grinding away at night. Some of that, not all of it, is correlated to disturbed sleep. When you are constantly stressed when you're sleep, when you're struggling to breathe, you are constantly stressed, which can lead to bruxism. And they've found that when people start taping, 
when they're sleeping peacefully, some of that can go away. Really, really fascinating stuff. I want to pick on here, uh, pick up on rather, if we have allergies and breathing through the nose is difficult because that will be affecting some people. I mean, I, I get hay fever in the summer months and find it really uncomfortable. There's been a few studies looking at allergy season and sleep apnea, and it just goes through the roof right. because people can no longer, it's just shifting the pathway through which you're breathing can really impact snoring and sleep apnea. Mm -hmm. So I was talking to another researcher who suggested that some people take Claritin or, or other, other pills or there's a bunch of different sprays that you can use yeah. to clear the nose. I have no experience with those, and, and I'm not a doctor, I'm not a breathing therapist, I'm not gonna prescribe anything, but he's shown with sleep data, because he's had people wear uh, pulse oximeters and other machines to, to calculate how well they're sleeping, and found it has a tremendous effect by clearing the nose through these sprays or through some pills. Of course, it's best to do it naturally. Neti pots can work very well. If you have chronic sinusitis, um, Dr. Jack or Nyack down at Stanford has found that a low-dose steroid in a neti pot that's a sinus flush can work wonders. And he's used that with a lot of his patients. Yeah, interesting. Medipot sinus flushes. We have these things like called salt pipes, or you get saline nasal sprays that you can squirt up your nose just to, to clear it before bed, I guess could be a good idea. All good stuff. Again, I don't have personal experience with that, but I know people who have used them to, to really great success. Yeah. And I guess if we're motivated to do it, then that's going to be another thing. Knowledge is always, knowledge is power, isn't it? I think one of the things that's going to be a challenge is getting people to change how they breathe during exercise. And I think maybe just being consciously aware of it, that if you're working out, keep your mouth shut. I think it, it is because a lot of people think, well, I'm not able to get enough oxygen when I'm working out really hard. I need to breathe through my mouth to get that oxygen. What we found is, is that is just not the case. And there have been so many studies, there's 30 years of studies showing this, that that need to breathe is not dictated by a lack of oxygen. It's dictated by an increase of carbon dioxide. So right now, if you were to exhale and hold your breath, after a few seconds, maybe 30 seconds or so, you're gonna feel this need to breathe. That is not from a lack of O2. That's from a buildup of CO2. So once you recognize that, you can start training yourself to increase your tolerance of CO2, which has innumerable benefits, especially in fitness. You're gonna grow more red blood cells, which will allow you more energy. You're gonna increase your nitric oxide. You're gonna increase your VO2 max. All of these things are very essential for, for competitive athletes. And we can do this by controlling our breathing. We spent, a couple of weeks looking at trying to work out as hard as we could on a stationary bike while hooked up to all of these different sensors. And we were breathing a third of our usual rate, so slow. And I felt like, oh my God, I can't, I'm not getting enough oxygen. But whenever we looked at the pulse oximeter, our oxygen levels were either at the same level they had been before or higher by breathing slowly. So that Again, that need to breathe is by CO2. And we, I get way into this in the book. And I've, so many people have written me, real fitness guys who have transferred from mouth breathing to nasal breathing 
showing huge gains in performance, half the time to recover. So when you're breathing through your nose, you're breathing so efficiently that your heart rate is going to go down lower, even though you're exerting the same amount of power. So if you have a lower heart rate exerting the same amount of power, guess what? You can go further. You can go faster than you were before. And that's the real power of the nose. I just want to give one quick warning. This takes a long time to acclimate to. So don't try it for two days and say, ah, to hell with it. I can't do this. Some athletes, it's taken them months and months to do it. But once you get to the other side, the benefits are so clear. How incredible. You talk about nasal breathing. Talk to me about breathing in one nostril and out of the other. Is there anything in that? Because that's something that yogis and people will often do as part of their practice. So our noses are coated. One of the many wonders of the nose is it is they're coated with erectile tissue. This is the same erectile tissue as you know where, and it acts the same. So throughout the day, one nostril will naturally open while the other becomes engorged with blood, this erectile tissue, which will gently close the other nostril. So we become right nostril dominant. Then after about 30 minutes to three or four hours, we become left nostril dominant. So researchers have known this for over 100 years. So why would we possibly do this? Why would the bodies do this? So what they found out in the past about 20, 30 years, and there's dozens of studies on this, is when we breathe through the right nostril, we create a stimulating effect in our body. Our heart rate's going to go up, blood pressure is going to go up. We're going to activate the left side of the brain a little more. So the left side of the brain is more closely associated with logical thought, reason thought, analytical thought. When we breathe through the left nostril, we're going to calm ourselves down. Your heart rate's going to go down, blood pressure's going to go down and we're gonna stimulate the right creative side of the brain. So this is very confusing because it's opposite nostrils for opposite sides of the brain. And it took me a while to get my head around this, but, but the science is, is very clear. So it's no coincidence why yogis have been doing this for thousands of years, alternate nostril breathing, Nadi Shodhana, they call it in yoga. Most people who have been to a yoga class have done this. Yeah. What we're doing when we do this is just hacking into our, our body's natural functions. We're taking over that natural opening of one nostril to the other and lulling ourselves into a different state. So you can place your thumb on your right nostril, breathe through your left nostril. You're going to calm your body down. This is measurable stuff too. But I think it's even more fascinating that our bodies do this automatically. We don't even need our fingers. And so that's another one of the many benefits of breathing through your nose. You're breathing through the mouth, you're getting none of that. Don't get that. It's fascinating. And what's the connection between how we breathe and our weight? I know that's very interesting for a lot of people. Is there a simple hack? Is it connected at all? Yeah, I, I do not want to get too deep. This is a very tangled web. So people, I have some bad news for you. You cannot breathe yourself thin. Okay. So so the way that you get thinner is you increase your metabolism, right? It, it's that's how, that's how you burn fat. It is interesting to, to know, though, having said that, that you can vastly increase your metabolism with different breathing functions. Uh, Wim, Wim Hof method, Tumo method, really intense pranayamas can jack your metabolism in some big ways. It's also important to note that we burn fat with oxygen. So when we are breathing inadequately, when we're breathing too much, we are causing vasoconstriction throughout our bodies. 
which forces them into an anaerobic respiration. I won't get too into the weeds here, where they're just burning sugar. It's very inefficient. It's great that we have a backup system, very inefficient. So the way that you can burn more fat is to use more oxygen in your body. And you do that by actually breathing slowly because breathing more slowly is breathing more closely in line with your metabolic needs, which is going to allow you to function more efficiently. So I don't want to, I, you know, I, I don't want to get into trouble saying you can sit in a corner and breathe for 30 minutes and breathe away your, your weight. But it is interesting looking at the correlations between healthy breathing and efficiency and burning fat. I know though that when we're shocked or panicked, we can often, do they call it hyperventilate? I mean, you, go, <laughs> you know, is that a, a, just a subconscious response? Is that something that we need to be aware of and control? Does it help at all in panic or does it make it worse? If you look at populations of people with anxieties, fear-based disorders, even anorexia, depression, in, including asthma, many of them breathe way too much and they breathe through their mouth. <sighs> <sighs> That's how they're breathing. And what that does is that creates a negative feedback loop in their bodies because how we breathe, the physiology of breathing will send messages back to our brains. So about 20% of the pathways here from our brain to our bodies are coming from our brain to the rest of our organs. But 80% are coming from our organs back to our brain. So right now, if we consciously take control of our breathing, and we breathe slowly, we are literally sending messages back to the brain to chill out and relax so we can take over and better modulate our emotions. This is a physiological response. Again, it's not just psychological. It is a physiological response that we send back. And the pathway through which we send these messages is the phrenic nerve. So just by taking these deep breaths, we can literally change the way our brains are reacting. We can see this in brain waves just by breathing differently. So when you see these people who have so many unconscious fears, who um, are really programmed to overbreathe, a lot of psychiatrists, a lot of psychologists right now, the very first step is to have them get control of their breathing, to take over this unconscious function, to command their nervous systems to calm down, and to get them back into a state of balance. And we have that in our literature, don't we? We know we say, right, take a deep breath, calm down. Is that then activating this parasympathetic nervous system? Is this all about how I've heard it said that we should breathe out for longer than we breathe in to calm ourselves down? Is that correct? It's absolutely right. So right now, if you place your hand over your heart, we're gonna breathe into a rate of about three then we're going to exhale to about eight. And just do this calmly. If that's too long of an exhale, then shorten it. The point is to relax. So if you breathe in, and now you breathe out to about eight, two, three, four, you're going to feel your heart rate gently lowering. You can breathe into three again, exhale to eight again. So that is not a placebo effect. What we're doing when we exhale longer is we're stimulating that parasympathetic response. Every time we inhale, our heart rate's gonna increase. And every time we exhale, it's gonna decrease, okay? Relax us because an inhale is associated with a sympathetic, a stimulating response. Exhale is associated with a relaxation response. And this is very easy to see with heart rate variabilities becoming this this latest craze, I think they have it on Apple Watches now. You can see your heart rate 
on the screen. By just breathing, you have all these jagged, disrupted lines. Shifting your breathing this way, all of these lines become these beautiful sine waves because that's your body working in a natural state of, of healing. Our bodies have to repair itself constantly. If we're constantly stressed out, we never give them the chance to repair themselves and to heal themselves, which is why we get so sick. So at any time in the day, you can think of breathing as a lever. You can extend those exhales, do it about one and a half times longer than the inhale. You can do this very long exhales. You can do it shorter exhales. It doesn't matter. And you can sense that relaxation coming over your body. You're also going to increase blood flow that way. So it's, it's worth trying it out. Oh, my goodness, yes. It's like just having a deep sigh, isn't it? Yep. Exhale of, huh, let everything go. Just let the stress go. I can't let you go without just having a quick touch on COVID and pandemic and breathing. And presumably this is so important, isn't it? We've just got to be protecting our lungs like never before and looking at the way that we're breathing. Yeah. And this is something that I think people are becoming much more acutely aware of, of the quality of their breath, especially now we're in the seventh month of this pandemic. But I don't want to keep talking about nasal breathing, but this is our first line of defense is our nose. So now more than ever, you need to breathe through our, your noses. And, and I'll give you one other detail about the nose, which I think is, is fascinating. It's not only are all those hairs and structures filtering for pathogens, but we create a perfusion of nitric oxide. It's this amazing molecule in our body that helps with vasodilation. So Drugs like Viagra, guess how they work? They help us re release more nitric oxide. That's how they do their magic. So we create our no own nitric oxide in our noses. And it turns out nitric oxide also interacts directly with bacteria and viruses. So it can kill viruses. So Louis Ignaro won a Nobel Prize in the 90s for his work looking at nitric oxide and its benefits for viruses. And there, it's no coincidence at all to me that there are now 11 clinical trials going on giving, guess what, to patients with COVID? Nitric oxide. Create your own nitric oxide here, and if you hum, you can increase it 15-fold. So now some, some researchers are saying, hum throughout the day, breathe through the nose all the time, and not only will this help bolster your immune functions, it could help prevent a huge viral load from entering your body. These are not my words, just to be clear. This is coming from, from researchers in the field who have spent decades studying this stuff. This is so fascinating, James. Honestly, you've opened up a whole new world that what I love about it is it's accessible to everybody at any age and any stage of life. It's free, it's out there, and it's got the science behind it. I shall go off humming as I hope all my listeners are now doing so. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks very much for having me. And that is it for today's episode. As always, you will find the links for the resources that James mentioned on today's show over on lazarewellbeing.com. There you can sign up for my free weekly newsletter packed with even more tips for living well. Huge thanks to all of you who've left this podcast such lovely reviews, especially on iTunes. It really does help others to find the show and perhaps that vital bit of help they might need. So until the next time we chat, go well. Bye-bye.
The Lizelle Wellbeing Show is presented by me, Lizelle, with production by Amaryllis Earl and Harry Trevithick at Heart Dialogue, with thanks to my producer, Ellie Smith, and guest booker, Millie de la Morinière. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.